Welcome everyone to episode 14 of Blood on the Dice, the only actual play D&D podcast where PC death means we say goodbye to the players forever. Their characters are dead and they are dead to us. Episode 13 went predictably terrible for a ragtag group of outlanders and things are not looking any better this time around. So, without further ado, let's see how far down this hole goes. My name is Brian, I'm the creator and producer of this podcast, but more importantly, I play Basil Quark, the pedantic artificer just trying to make his dad proud. I'm Joe, and I play Borkoro Limara, the dragonborn fighter archer who loves fire. I'm Camille, I play Pebble Soot, a light cleric who's trying to be a little waterier than she should. I am Meg, and I play Anya, the rogue halfling who is a little freak that loves to lie. <laughs> and I am Alex, and I am your dungeon master. So, just to recap, you guys can all see the image on the screen, right? The big scary tree? Yes. <laughs> After leaving Kresk, you encounter a new companion, Anya the Halfling, who has come to Barovia from beyond the Western Mists for reasons of her own. Esmeralda the Vistana departs on her own quest, but before doing so, offers to help you with another Taroka card reading. You decide before heading towards Castle Ravenloft that you will head south back toward the Wizard of Wines in the hopes that the Mardikovs will point you toward the Hill of Graves spoken about by Madame Eva. En route to the vineyard, you are accosted by a trio of animated scarecrows, each with knife blades for fingers and stuffed with black raven feathers. Javian Mardikovs instructs his son-in-law Dag to guide you through the woods to the hill. On the way, you pass three Vistani travelers who tell you of treasures hidden in the forests and the fairy lights that show where it is buried. The hill, one of the foothills along the lower slopes of Mount Gacchus, is blanketed with ancient cairns of rock and crowned with a ring of stone encircling a ghastly 50-foot-high statue of Strahd von Zarovich, made out of woven branches, twigs, and cemented together with thick mud. Examining the weedy, bald ground inside the circle, you see Strahd astride his horse at a break in the ring, in that moment, a dozen mud-covered mountain folk begin to rise from the shallow graves where they have hidden. Some are massive berserkers who attack you with stone-bladed axes, while others hug the circle's perimeter and chant in an eerie, unfamiliar tongue. The battle has begun to turn in your favor when the chanting suddenly stops, and a 30-foot-tall plant creature bursts out of the statue, sending twigs and earth flying. The creature resembles a dead tree with green light seeping from it. So let's go back to our fun little battle map, shall we? We shall. You know, I knew we were in trouble, but hearing it all laid out, I, I think I may even have underestimated just how truly well and fucked we are. We really stepped in it. Absolutely. I will reiterate what I said at the end. I have a plan. Oh, oh Camille, you have fallen into my trap. <laughs> now that this thing has appeared, the summoning has stopped, and one of the chanters around the edge begins to climb over that wall and just dips. Bitches. That's that's somehow more concerning than if they stuck around. Anya is up next. Okay, so I'm up next to this giant, large monster thing, which I'm not going to go near that. I don't think that's very smart. I'm going to go for number two, because I feel like that's a much safer choice than going for the giant, the big guy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, so I'm dashing over the them. So that's half my turn is the dash, right? Oh, that is your turn. Oh, that is my turn. Great, cool. There I am. Awesome, okay. Pebble. All right, I am going to try something. 
that is my plan. So I, instead of trying to attack anything, I'm going to take out the uh, staff that we got from the um, shaman guy uh, when we fought the mountain men. And I'm going to like try, like stick it in the ground and try to like break it with my foot, like break it in half. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Um, Why don't you give me some kind of strength or athletics check? Okay. Oh, I hope this works. God. It's a seven. So here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) The wood of the staff is actually very sort of spongy and pliable. Okay. So it looks like, in theory, it is breakable. It can be destroyed, but it has enough give, and you just kind of, you know, you you just kind of whiff it a little bit. Sure. And you just kind of knocked it over from where you had stood it up. Okay. So... I actually have a solution to that, but uh, I'll let you figure it out, possible woman. <laughs> All right, who's alive? Oh, you know what? That's crazy that you screwed that up because our last axe man sees you mucking around with something and he is going to run over and try to... I, by the way, have absolutely no idea where any of you guys stand on hit points. And I am not inviting you to tell me. I'm just letting you know nothing's personal. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. That's a... Uh, fair, judicious, fair. Feel like I'm about to get broken up. Come at me! Oh my God! Well, fortune's on your side on this one, Pebble, because the axe man just completely whips. Like you feel the wind from his axe as he rolls his nat one. <laughs> nice. Okay, fail for fail. <clears throat> All right, and then Borcoro is up. Okay, um, thirty feet south, away from number six. And then I'm going to open fire on the big tree. Okay. What have I used already? Oh, look at that. I've used almost everything. Cool. Um, so, first, um, I'm going to try to hit the tree with my breath weapon. Uh, that is a 13 dex saving throw. Um, he passes. Does he take half? Uh, yes, he will take half. I'm more hoping that... Fire will be a condition on this giant walking tree. Either way, it will take 10 damage. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, five. Fuck, I did the math wrong. Five damage. It has caught, parts of it have ignited, but it's certainly not like going up like a crayon. You know, this is a, it's still there, it's still moving around. Now I'm just gonna attack with my bow. And I think, you know, since the tree is on fire now and I'll be shooting the bows through the fire, then technically that means every arrow that hits this thing will, of course, be a flaming arrow. Obviously, that's, that's how they think it. I mean, maybe if your arrows weren't magical constructs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that is an 18 to hit. That hits. And it will do, fuck you, four damage. Oof. Yeah, could have been better, guys. Could have been better. <laughs> In the meantime, Basil, it is your turn. Uh, okay, well, I don't think I can quite reach the thing, so I'm gonna, I guess, run 40 feet, get as close as I can, and let's cast a, let's cast a little spell. We're at a second level, so I guess we're just gonna go with a, a magic missile. Okay. That is... okay. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be nine force damage. All right. Uh, that's about all I can do. Running very low on resources here. 
And then we are back to the tree. Oh no. I'd prefer if we weren't. Well, this is gonna go down a couple ways. First, one of the branches comes crashing down on your little halfling friend here. Ah, no! (laughs) Bye-bye. So that's gonna be a 20 to hit. Little child, not the child. And you are going to take 17 bludgeoning damage. Oh God. Goodbye. She's fine, right? She could could shrug that off. I literally have in my notes recording like what my health points is. It just says, am I dead? In a question mark. (laughs) I think I am. Yeah, I super am now. Are you investigating territory? Yeah, she's down, down. Yep. Does an 18 hit pebble? Uh, yes it does. Okay, oh, this is fun. All right. Fun, fun for the whole class or just for you? Do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, I mean, is there, is there some of both and you're asking me the order that I want them in? Yes. Um, okay, go um, good news first. The good news is that you're not gonna take any damage this turn. Oh, okay. No. At least not from this attack, because the bad news is that it pulls you towards it and is going to try to bite you. Ah! You're getting poltergeisted. Oh, you know what though? I don't think it was able to bite through your armor. A 17 doesn't hit, does it? No, it meets beats, right? I My AC is 17. Oh, I thought I had in my nose that it was 18. Oh, okay. Then, in fact, you are going to take... Oh, no. I need a bigger guy. Oh, that's never... A bigger guy is never what you want to hear when you're about to know your damage. How you said a bigger die, which is also bad. Oh. Well, I call my dice little guys, so... Yeah. 21, 21 piercing. Oh. And you are grappled. Oh. And I'm grappled? Oh, no. Yes. Okay. Ah. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to need Anya to make a uh, death save. Boy, here it is. Got this. 11. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's a success. It's like an eyeball hanging out of my head now. Like... Rebel, it is your turn. Bear in mind you are grappled, and as part of that grapple, you are taking 12 bludgeoning damage from oh. the Ooh. constraining root. I'm getting crushed. Oh, this is so bad. Now, I have a question. Okay. If I'm getting squished and crushed by the tree, would you think that it would also squish and crush the staff? Not necessarily. Could uh, we see if that may have happened? Um, I guess here's the question. Do you want to use your action to try to break out of the grapple or do you want to use your action to try to attack the staff? I, I guess I'll go attack the staff. Are you holding the staff when the when the tree grabs you or did you drop it? Ooh. Should I roll for it? Sure. Okay, I'm just gonna roll a twenty. You can you can decide what's the. Yeah, let's just go up or down. Good news, bad news. All right, we're rolling. That's a nineteen. Ooh. Inexplicably, you're still holding the staff. <laughs> Pebble iron grip soot. A gorilla grip. So, yeah, give me another I guess athletics check to try to pull it apart. All right. Oh, that's a twelve. That will do it, though. <gasps> you manage to rip apart the spongy wood splinters apart in your hands, and the whole staff begins to disintegrate. From that point, a billowing cloud of black smoke erupts from the fissure in the staff and goes flying up into the sky like a torrent of fire smoke. In this moment, you all hear a ear-splitting scream of agony and pain and anguish from the staff. 
the tree monster itself begins to seize up and then sort of explodes in a blast of fiery dead wood and dirt and mud. Pebbles! I'm going to drop to my knees and begin to cry because Borcoro would leave this. He's so beautiful. Um, Last Axe guy is going to start to run away. Oh, can I... Is it my turn yet? Can I shoot him in the back? Nice. Um, I don't know what your what the range is on your bow, but yes, it is your turn next. My range is 150 feet. Am I too far away? I think you might be. Uh, according to my calculations, oh, it's about 125. Wait, also, Joe, you're a, you're a sharpshooter, aren't you? Yeah. Doesn't that mean like you ignore the like range limit? Um, but you, you you can always shoot at the max range. I think isn't that one of the sharpshooter things? Right. I believe I can shoot like up to 600 feet. Um, either way, I'm shooting this guy. That's a 17 to hit. That hits. And the damage is 12. 12, okay, that doesn't drop him, but that really pisses him off. Cool. Uh, Basil, it is your turn. As much as I would like to join Vorkoro in taking down this, this let's call him what he is, he's a coward. Uh, I think I'm probably gonna have to use one of my last two spell slots and run over and get Anya back up again. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. I'm just taking a little nap. Oh. Gauntlet glows with like <laughs> white light, pulses into her. It's like, uh, yes, I, I'd rather not make a habit of this. It's not exactly my area of expertise, but here you go. There, there. That was kind of fun. <laughs> hey, the last two chanters have dipped. Um, the tree is down. And Strahd is so impressed with our combat abilities, he invites us to leave. He's so loud. Strahd, it's me. At some point in the forest has disappeared. You'll notice he's no longer there. Um, it is Anya's turn. Um, okay. That Oh, that guy, he's way far. He's all the way over there. I don't know if I, like, want to move this turn. Do I have? Hold on. I think, I think we probably just let this guy go. Yeah, I'm chilling. I... <laughs> <laughs> I am currently right. like in shock. I think that's where I'm at right now. I'm just looking at my toes. <laughs> I'm looking at my ground grabbers. <laughs> Pebble. Am I? Um. Here, I am going to toss a healing word at Anya to help a little bit. Nine healing back to Anya. All right. Oh yeah, I don't think I actually ever rolled to see what kind of healing I was giving Anya. That probably would have been useful. Yeah, at this point, my notes for all my health points are so many question marks. It's like zero <laughs> question mark, question mark, nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I heal you. You are healed. Yeah, like, <laughs> y'all, that was a crazy nap, guys. Uh, I, I, I'm going to give you 12 points of healing. Okay. Plus, plus Pebbles nine. So you look good. You're, you're feeling swole. Oh, oh, good, 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 good. Bro, I think this is your last chance to try to get this guy. Uh, yeah, um, shoot me again. This I'm pretty sure you have to be a disadvantage. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't take disadvantage penalties because oh. he's a sharpshooter. Yeah, that is, oh, okay. that is true. I, I looked that up. Um, but anyway, that was a 13, so a low roll this time. Still hits. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's see if I can get him. That's another 12. All right, looks like he's going to get away. Oh. Well, if anybody else wants to, I mean, are, is this a good time to, to break initiative or... Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can do to reach him. Okay. And I would bolt towards Pebble, and I would 
embrace her and twirl her around like it's a beautiful romantic movie and i would be like you did it you did it i'm so proud of you you burned that fucking tree until it was nothing but kindling and then i would like cry like like in your shoulder and it would get weird for a moment and eventually i'd put you down i'd walk away but i'd still be crying (laughs) i look quietly proud that's definitely the uh, the the most overt uh, display of approval and affection that Basil has ever witnessed, and he doesn't quite know how to react to. They <laughs> just kind of trying to help Anya to her feet. She'd be like, "So are you um you good? You seem chipper." Meg, that's you. No, I have moderate to severe brain damage. Give me a minute. <laughs> I'm literally just staring at you like. <laughs> I'm also trying to think of a, a completely different accent now because I think she should have a completely different accent now that she got fucking <laughs> smashed in the face. Um, I can't think of one. Maybe maybe now's the time to go back to your original plan, just mimic Borcoro. Oh, I could I could do Borcoro's accent now. <laughs> Wait, hold on, I've got it. I've got it. Um why yes, I am. <clears throat> Oh, that was weird. I'm fine now. <coughs> Are you okay, little child? Not child. Your voice sounded much cooler for like a brief moment. Did you know that on the other side there are dogs wearing shoes? And not just on two of their feet, on all of their feet. You, it truly sounds like you journeyed into a hell beyond all understanding. Oh, tomato, tomato. Do we need to check you for a concussion? Are you? <laughs> no, no, I am sure the little one is fine. I feel wonderful. Yeah, perhaps we should get away from the circle of death. I think that's a raw idea. Before we do that, we've got a few things we came here to find, didn't we? Uh, I have completely forgotten because we just got attacked by a tree <laughs> that I told you all to burn in the first place. He was right. Uh, I'm not going to say he was right, but I will say he wasn't wrong. Isn't that the same thing? Nope, totally different. Don't don't fact check me on that one. Uh, Pebble, that that staff came uh, quite in handy. I I feel like we may have just made a a bad problem worse somehow because whatever came out of that staff, I don't imagine is going to be friendly. But I, good quick thinking. Uh, we we would have died. We we were not going to come out of that one. Thank you. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I have this extra thing. Like, should I get rid of it? And then you decide to keep it. And then it ends up being useful. So, you know. You should always carry everything until you, like, can't move anymore. That's why I have a jar of my toenails. <laughs> you never know when you'll need a jar of toenails. Vasil is deeply uncomfortable with this conversation. He's just going to slink away and go try to examine the the statue where the tree monster once was. I ain't going to that thing. So the statue is pretty much entirely destroyed. Um, It stood maybe a good 20 feet taller than the tree itself, but the tree again literally burst out from inside of it. So the statue is is mostly now just a mass of of mud and and twigs. So I'm going over the the original fortune that we got. It says, an evil tree grows atop a hill of graves where the ancient dead sleep. Look for the treasure there. So uh, can I make like an investigation roll to see if like in the wreckage of this underneath it, maybe there's there's something. So give me you're welcome to give me an investigation roll. Also, uh, go ahead and give me just straight wisdom. Okay, which one do you want first? 
no matter. Let's start with let's start with wisdom. Uh, that is a seventeen. So, um, you have a sort of a, a moment where you realize that there was an evil tree, and you are atop the hill of graves. But that tree was definitely not growing. In fact, it was most deliberately uprooted to the point that it was ambulatory. Mm. Ah, okay. Might be worth noting. Can someone go with my memory? Did we come from the south or the north? The north, I thought. And what is south? Can I see what's south from where we're standing? Or I mean, it looks like, yeah, on the opposite end of the ring, um, there is another aperture and another path leading away. Um, yeah, it looks like maybe 100, 150 feet further down that path, um, there's a little, looks like maybe there's a little grove. Of trees? No, Joe, it's the Grove of Shoes. Oh, oh I, I, I apologize <laughs> for clarification, Dungeon Master. I'm still going to make the investigation roll just in case there's anything fun around here, but I, I'm pretty confident now that this is not where the treasure is going to be found. Okay. Uh, that is a 25 on investigation. Yeah, so amidst the splintered ruin of the tree monster, you see a little um, something small and green which is only weird because despite the fact that you're on a grassy hilltop everything is so dead and bristly that it's all brown and gray green actually jumps out at you is this the gem we were looking for would you like to go look I at it i would like to go look at it i want to touch the shiny thing it is, i didn't say shiny i just I'm said green a, I, i'm making an assumption you're very optimistic aren't you okay. always it also be moldy could be moldy and rotting it is a dragon roll for initiative <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you find amidst the splintered ruin, there is a uh, dull green gemstone about the size and shape roughly of a large pine cone. Ooh. Basil's going to like sprint back over to the group triumphantly. Be like, Look, I, okay, it's not the, I don't think it's the treasure that the fortune was talking about, but we found something, one of the things we needed. Ah, uh, eat it. Ah. Uh, I mean, honestly, maybe, but no. Can I lick it? Uh, I'm going to say no again. <laughs> All right. Basil, why will you not let her lick the stone? Why uh, you know what? Fine. Okay, you know what? You've, you've, you almost died like twice. You've had a tough day. Here you go. Lick lick the stone Thank once. You. One lick. What? She's going to hold it out to her face. <laughs> uh, she just goes, what? <laughs> Yoshi. It tastes like shitty wine. <laughs> oh, this reminds me of home. <laughs> Basil's gonna wipe the saliva off on Vorkoro and put the uh the gem in his bag. I am I am like sixty feet away from you, so that means you walked like sixty feet over to me just to wipe it off on me. Sure. Just walking really, really slow. Being able to put the saliva <laughs> in my bag? No, no, no. Like someone like passive aggressively opening a door for you when you're really far away from them. <laughs> I'm going to stand at the head of the path uh, and just looking down at the grove. Is there anything odd I can see about it? Do you want me to give a perception roll or does it just look like normal trees? It's too far away to see anything very clearly. Uh, Shall we go check it out? Yes. Uh, you go yeah. down and I will follow from behind with uh, arrows. Uh, Basil's Basil's feeling pretty good, pretty confident. Uh, maybe irrationally so. So I think yeah, he's gonna just chug on ahead. He's doing the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man walk. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you guys go ahead, but I am going to keep a distance of about 100 feet so I can see everything and so that I can shoot from relative safety if need be. Yeah. How Speaking of, how are, how are we all looking at this point? Is everybody... I, I know Anya's uh, twice recovered from near death. Uh, Pebble took some damage. How, Camille, how's Pebble looking? I've got um, about a third of my health. Okay. We're, we're hanging in there. Joe? Uh, I got off well, actually. I didn't even lose half my health points. Okay. And Basil's uh, temp HP from Pebble and his own power kept him feeling pretty good. So I'm not too concerned. Yeah, thanks again for that temp HP. It actually helped a lot. Yeah, it's always such a help. We would be very dead if not for Pebble many times. Well, you guys would be. Anyway. (laughs) I do what I can. Um, All right. So, yeah, charging on ahead. So walking out of the south entrance of the circle again for just a moment, you're distracted by the fact that you seem to be at the very, very edge of Strahd's domain. Uh, Looking off to the west, you see that the sky just vanishes behind a towering wall of fog so thick as to just be just solid white. Traveling further south, at the south end of the hilltop is a sickly copse, a grove of dead trees and shrubs with a huge misshapen tree at its core. Blood oozes like sap from its twisted trunk. Embedded in the tree is a shiny battle axe beneath which lies a human skeleton. I don't like that. Um, let's, let's, let's do a, a quick little detect magic ritual. See what, we, what we're feeling. Give me a sec. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, dark necromancy coming off of that tree. Wonderful. Um, and and a little ping of the axe, but comparatively minor. Just, just the axe, not the body? Yep. Let's still keep a safe distance here. The confidence Basil once had has immediately dissipated. I have an arrow at the ready because I am totally expecting that tree to come to life. I just want to, like, cast a mage hand and just, you know, poke at some things. Like, I want to touch the tree. I want to see if I can, like, shift the body a little bit. I mean, mage hand can only move 10 pounds. Yeah, and I, I know I can't grab it, but I can just, like, you know, jostle a little bit. I mean, yeah, the mage hand, I guess it, like, picks up a femur, which detaches easily because it's literally just a skeleton. I, you know, lot, there's very few things in this country that are literally just a skeleton, in my experience. So I, I stand by <laughs> checking. Uh, I, I, I guess we'll creep closer, see what we can find. All right. As you come closer, you realize that also scattered all around the area is more just general debris made up of dead vegetable matter. Almost like a lot of uh, plant-based organisms suddenly burst apart. <laughs> Ew. Um, Bezel looks back over at Pebble and is like, yeah, you know, good job. This is- Thanks. You know, it was the easiest battle I've ever fought. Got squished by a tree, squished a staff, boom, done. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to think about what would have happened if we'd come here before the winery. So true. Um, all right. Well, if if the, the evil, scary things are dead, let's uh, let's go. Let's try to take that axe. Let's pull it out of the tree. See what happens. Nice. I think that might be not the greatest idea. Did you find something that we should burn? I think I see a tree. Perhaps we should burn it before it comes to life and tries to kill Pebble. Oh, I like that idea. The dead tree. I'm gonna give a thumbs up from like a hundred feet away. <laughs> yeah, it's returning it with what, what limited vision she has. 
So are we looking at the axe or what? What are we doing? I want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, let's look, let's take a let's take a look at the axe. So the axe, it's embedded in the base of the tree. It looks like a pretty standard battle axe. The handle is carved with a motif of leaves and vines. Is there anything remarkable about the skeleton? Like, is it wearing certain clothing or something that would give us an idea of like who they are? It's wearing tattered leather armor, but it's not usable anymore or even sell. Mm-hmm. This this has been here for a long time in the uh, Barovian weather. The axe is in surprisingly good condition, however. Does that does it look like the skeleton guy like tried to attack the tree and died in doing so? I mean, who knows, but it's very plausible based on how it's lying there and where the axe is positioned that yes, it had been this person's ambition to cut down this tree and he was prevented from doing that. Okay. Uh, there, there was quite a few other creatures around here that could have gotten him. Yeah. I say we take the axe. I, I think that's this. That might be the treasure that the uh, the fortune told about. The treasure wasn't the stone. I don't. I don't think so. Oh, cool. Uh, well, actually, it's probably not the axe either. It it says this card tells of history. Knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. Mm. Oh well, maybe I just broke the staff. That tells us about the ancient trees. No, I, I think that was definitely the right decision. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yank the axe out. Yeah, it, uh, it pops right out. Um, Something you notice right away, though, as you're holding it, is that it is surprisingly light. You expected it to be a good deal heavier. Interesting. Um, Is, is this like a, like a one-handed axe, two-handed? I don't know, are you proficient with axes? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't imagine Basil's going to be the one keeping this. You expected it to be heavier. That's the one thing. I, I actually am proficient with that, being fighter and all. So if you wanted to ask me anything, if Basil was like, you know what, Vorkoro probably knows exactly what to do with it. I think Basil would rather die than admit that Vorkoro knows something that he doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to keep watching, getting ready to shoot that tree as soon as it moves. There was probably a couple times where like the wind blew and the branches shook, and I was like, oh! Mm, (laughs) um i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna hand the axe to pebble i don't know if she can use axes but it feels like she's earned this more than basil has i cannot use axes but i will hold it um and i guess can i make another investigation roll see if i can find whatever knowledge of the ancient is lurking around here assuming we're in the right spot um what specifically are you trying to do like how are you going about looking uh I guess I'm like I'm checking the the bodies. I'm looking like if there's like a at the tree itself, there's like something like a nook in it. Well, it's it's one, it's one body singular. It's a skeleton. Oh, okay. So the, the other things was just the plant matter. Yeah, it's just a lot of. I mean, from context, it's pretty safe to assume that yeah, there had been a lot more blights here. Yeah. But if you didn't see everything that went down, that might it would not immediately occur to you that these had been creatures recently. Makes sense. Uh, okay, so just the one body and then examining the tree for, you know, hidey holes and whatnot. Um, that's a critical fail. Yeah. You find <laughs> Can I, because of the, the card is talking about knowledge of the ancients. So can I do like a wisdom insight check to, to see what that ancient might mean in this context to kind of direct our search sure all right that's a 16 insight no i mean this makes all the sense in the world yeah it was a 
evil tree atop a hill of graves. The ravens helps you find it. It's really hard to imagine that this is not what Madame Eva had in mind. But no, there is no great life-saving treasure just sitting there. <laughs> okay. Did you guys find anything? Should we burn the tree yet? Come over here, Vorkoro. It's fine. But if the tree comes to life, you're going to need me to, like, not die so I can shoot. Sure, but, I mean, we've been over here for a while. It seems kind of well, chill. Obviously, it is waiting for the best fight to come closer so that it can grab me and shove me in its big tree maw, and then you'll all die. You're feeling a little self-important again, Vokoro. I think you should take it down and out. No, no, I'm just saying, I mean, you are obviously the most powerful one here. You blow up the last tree with, you know, the firepower that has been building inside you over years and years, of course, given to me by you. But either way, you know what? I'll just come closer. Trees, swamps, is there anywhere we can get this guy to go? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come closer. Still totally ready to shoot the tree. And I'm assuming I'm going to see Pebble holding a big-ass axe. Yeah. Um, where are the graves? So they're they're all around. They're actually, you'll forgive me for not drawing all of them. <laughs> oh no, of course. They're sort of two yeah. concentric rings spiraling around the hill of a pathway, and they're just they're lined with these carns, which are anywhere from three to six feet high. Okay. Because it's talking about ancient dead sleeping there, and that knowledge of the ancient will help us better understand our enemy. So maybe we should check out the graves, see who they are, see if we sense anything from that part. I, I think we're I think we're in the right spot. I think we either just have to someone's got to roll better than the net one that I did, or uh, mm. we might need to cut down this tree. But I, I I would invite someone else to make an investigation roll and not fuck it up. All right, I'll investigate. All right. I'm I'm kind of circling the tree, looking at all the nooks and crannies, and I got a 17 investigation. So the black tree is tall and narrow and bent and warped as if it were trying to crouch down amidst the others nearby. Its limbs twist up toward the sky like palsied hands. The root system is totally gnar- from what you can see, it's totally like gnarly and messed up. It's like a it's like a, a pot of spaghetti. Except for the part obscured by a skeleton. Mm. Okay, I want to roll the skeleton over away from the tree. Okay, it's really gross, but you can do that. Cool. Yeah, Be- Basil was not going to touch that thing with his bare hands. The mass of the leather armor that it had been wearing was sort of obstructing a hollow in that intricate root system where there was some some softer earth. Ooh. Uh, let's, let's start digging. Yeah, I'm getting in there. I'm digging. Oh my God. Okay. Beneath the skeletal remains under a thin mask of dirt is a worm eaten wooden box. Worms. Ooh. <laughs> I looked at Basil and I said, would you still love me if I was worm? <laughs> uh, sh- sure. I, I, I guess. I'd still love you if you were a worm. Puts you in a little warm house. And then I touch the box. <laughs> <laughs> She's just so unhinged. It is wet and dirty and gross. Ew. <laughs> it, does it open easily or is it like, is it locked? Is there any give to it? I mean, there's a hasp holding it closed, but there's no locking mechanism. It can be easily opened. Okay. So I'm just, I'm 
tearing that shit open like a Christmas present. Inside the box is a large book bound in a thick leather cover with steel hinges and fastenings. Oh, that's no fun. On its cover is um, a very distinctive sigil. I would like to pull up for you guys, if I may. Oh, that's cool. That kind of looks like the Grey Warden symbol. Kind of does. Right? I see it. Well, this is the first book that Basil's seen in a while, I believe. So he's very excited book about this Basil. discovery. Oh, yeah. Basil, the big old book door. How big is this book? Because I'm just the mental image of like Anya holding a really giant book. <laughs> <laughs> like it's normal size to another person. She's just like, what the fuck is this? It's it's not a full folio size, but it's uh, it's a pretty grand. Hell yeah. I like the concept of her holding normal size things to other people. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Basil, very excited to see a book for the first time. Um, is kind of like in awe of this. Have we seen the symbol before? What the hell is that? I've sort of used it as like a like a holding screen, but um, no, your characters in okay. Not. Okay. Basil is gonna be like, I I think we should open it. I, this this has got to be the ancient knowledge. What is that though? Like on the on the cover, what is what is that supposed to be? Uh, Phoenix, maybe. Hmm. Look, I, Basil, I I will say that I am not one to know much about books. Uh, they burn too easily, and that often means that I don't have them for very long. That being said, I know enough about books to know that strange books buried in the earth under worms and dead trees probably should not just be opened lightly. What do you want us to do with it? Use it as a paperweight? Okay, now, hear me out, all right? We burn it. Basil opens the book. <laughs> Joe, if you tell me that Vorkoro burns it, no do take backs. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it in right now. <laughs> Everyone dies. I do not burn the I just merely suggested we burn the book because, I don't know, it's a pretty evil-looking book. But I guess we're about to find out. Don't make me turn this car around. <laughs> Are we now going to sit around while he reads a book? Story time. A bedtime story. I sit with my legs crossed on I the ground waiting. I crawl into Pebble's lap and sit with my hands. <laughs> oh. We're very serious. This is yeah, serious no, business so story I time. I love that like Basil didn't even take the book, Romania. He just like opened the cover and she's like, Oh yeah, no, you take this. You read you read to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I just goes, <laughs> Here, John. We're writing. So the text is centuries old and written in a cryptic shorthand that, along with the frailty of the parchment pages, make most of the book illegible. It looks like there are, however, several paragraphs that remain intact and readable. For your convenience, Brian, I'm going to go ahead and drop them in the Google Doc. Drop away. Uh, no, I'm not reading this out loud to all you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Okay, uh, this is this is long. I guess Basil starts reading. Story time. I am the ancient. I am the land. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past. I was the warrior, I was good and just. I thundered across the land like the wrath of a just god, but the war years and the killing years wore down my soul as the wind wears stone into sand. All goodness slipped from my life. I found my youth and strength gone, and all I had left was death. 
My army settled in the valley of Barovia and took power over the people in the name of a just god, with none of a god's grace or justice. I called for my family, long unseated from their ancient thrones, and brought them here to settle in the castle Ravenloft. They came with a younger brother of mine, Sergei. He was handsome and youthful. I hated him for both. From the families of the valley, one spirit shone above all others, a rare beauty who was called Perfection, Joy, and Treasure. Her name was Tatiana, and I longed for her to be mine. I loved her with all my heart. I loved her for her youth, I loved her for her joy, but she spurned me. Old One was my name to her, Elder and Brother also. Her heart went to Sergei. They were betrothed. The date was set. With words she called me brother, but when I looked into her eyes, they reflected another name, death. I was the death of the age that she saw in me. She loved her youth and enjoyed it, but I had squandered mine. The death she saw in me turned her from me, and so I came to hate death, my death. My hate is very strong. I would not be called death so soon. I made a pact with death, a pact with blood. On the day of the wedding, I killed Sergei, my brother. My pact was sealed with his blood. I found Tatiana weeping in the garden east of the chapel. She fled from me. She would not let me explain, and a great anger swelled within me. She had to understand the pact I made for her. I pursued her. Finally, in despair, she flung herself from the walls of Ravenloft, and I watched everything I ever wanted fall from my grasp forever. It was a thousand feet through the mists. No trace of her was ever found. Not even I know her final fate. Arrows from the castle guards pierced me to my soul, but I did not die. Nor did I live. I became undead forever. I have studied much since then. Vampire is my new name. I still lust for life and youth, and I curse the living that took them from me. Even the sun is against me, it is the sun and its light I fear the most, but little else can harm me now. Even a stake through my heart does not kill me, though it holds me for movement. But the sword, that cursed sword that Sergei brought, I must dispose of that awful tool. I fear and hate it as much as the sun. I have hunted for Tatiana. I even felt her within my grasp, but she escapes. She taunts me, she taunts me. What will it take to bend her love to me? I now reside far below Ravenloft. I live among the dead and sleep beneath the very stones of this hollow castle of despair. I shall seal shut the walls of the stairs that none may disturb me. And that's all there is to it. Wow. That was depressing. So we found Strahd's diary. I think you're correct. Well, that was um, very lame. This dude sounds... <laughs> So lame. Like, come on. Like, take a hint. Yeah, seriously. She was not interested, you know? Have we heard the name Tatiana before? Yeah. That 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 sounds familiar to me. Yeah, that's what um Isaac Strozny was calling her. Uh well, I suppose that would explain No, I'm I might yeah, I, sorry. I don't I feel like that name has been used and I can't remember. Can I Alex, can we roll like a history check to get a little get a hint here where we've heard this name give me a check in something wisdom based all right i'll go hey, yeah this is definitely your area of expertise um, insight that is a i i rolled in at 20 so it's oh. a 28 wow so 
you have had, you do remember that you heard the name Tatiana. You also heard the name Sergey. Yes. You believe you heard them both in Kresk. So, oh, so did Sergey, the Sergey's the guy in the pool who grabbed Irina and he called her Tatiana. Yes. Okay. So that would make Irina the the long lost love that Strahd has pursued through the ages. And she must just keep being reborn as a new person. Forever cursed to be pursued by him. Yeah. This guy sucks. <laughs> well, hey, at least we don't have to worry that we killed her by accident. Because clearly, even if she drowned in that lake, she'll just come back to life. We'll probably bump into her again, eh? I s- really hope we're not here long enough to find out. But if she is with Sergei in whatever form he now takes in this world, it maybe she's in a better spot. More importantly here, though, I think is he, he mentions over and over again his fear of his brother's weapon that he hates as much as the sun. Mm-hmm. And I recall uh, a mention in our, one of our other fortunes. What was it? The seer? No, the... the Mer- uh, it was the enchanter. Yes, the enchanter. This is a card of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. I see a kneeling woman, a rose of great beauty plucked too soon. The master of the marsh knows of whom I speak. Or Koro, I think it might be swamp time. Uh, no, I don't think that at all. I think we have everything we need. Guess what, guys? I've got a whole quiver filled with flying snakes! So, let me make sure I understand you clearly here. You, Volcoro, the great warrior, yes. is so afraid of going into a marsh that he would rather stand and fire arrows into a vampire forever. Well, no, it wouldn't be forever. One shot in the heart and he can't move. And then we take over the castle and we become the strides. And then he, what happens when he pulls the arrow out? Well, Regardless, we can't ever leave this place if we don't kill him. And even then, I don't know if we can leave, but that's certainly our best option. So immobilizing him is not going to do it. And this text tells us that he can be killed. You are right. We must do everything we can to free everybody that is under his spell. So I believe we should split up and you guys will go into the swamp. And I, there's got to be something, there's so many things to do. Just just because we need to get multiple things done, it'll save time. He's also expecting you at Ravenloft in four days. <sighs> well, what do we do here? Should we try to appease him for now and then seek out the sword? Or should we make sure we're armed? How far is the swamp? How deep is from, the swamp? Because we've also. seen we've seen the swamp before. Yeah, that's another. Uh, question. I need to know how deep the swamp is. Either that, or I'm standing on someone's shoulders. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we we've seen the swamp like when we were up on that tower, I think. Yeah. So does it reasonably seem like we could get there and then back to Ravenloft in four days? So, from the tower at Argenvost Holt here, you were here, by the way. Yep. Good, cool. good, good ways away. You saw a swamp here. You do not necessarily know how to get to it, nor what is there, save that the Mardikovs are terrified of it, apparently, and think that it is something to do with their misfortunes. Okay. Um, maybe we got a long ways to go to get back to Ravenloft. 
how how many days travel if you stuck to the road do we think that is like we're we're about as far from Ravenloft as it gets right now so in the interest of just you know buying into Basil's uncanny ability to uh no distances and, and things like truly that. I've never gotten so much use out of a nonsense feat. <laughs> so it'd be about three and a half miles back to the winery from there would be another nearly three miles back to the road. Um, and from there it would be maybe another four and a half miles back to Velaki. And then from Velaki, it would be well, you don't actually know because you don't know exactly how to get to Ravenloft, but you can see it on the map. <laughs> when you were in, in the village of Barovia, you saw it high up on the cliffs, but that's the only reference point you have. So from Velaki to Barovia village is 16 miles. It doesn't sound like we have a ton of time then. Yeah, it seems like we have like a two-day journey if we just go yeah, straight. Yeah, and that's if we can figure out how to get to Ravenloft in the first place. Mm-hmm. You can probably travel about another maybe five hours before total dark of night. Do we think we can get back to the winery, talk to them, figure like maybe get some some advice and drop off this gem that we found? You can definitely make it to the winery before nightfall, but you know who knows if you can get much further than that. I mean, that seems like a good <laughs> place as any to rest for the night. We're not in condition to invade an evil swamp right now, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so everyone, uh. I, I don't know exactly which where we should turn here. As much as I would like to find that sword, I, I fear we are short of time, but I think our first move should be to get back to the winery, gather our strength, and return this gem to the Mordakovs. We, we have so few allies in this accursed place. Uh, I think we should do right by them if we can. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, that, that does sound like a good idea. Anya, will you be joining us? I think that's the right idea. Or we get snacks. I, I'm sure there'll be some food. Just promise me you won't lick anything that isn't food. No. <laughs> okay, at the very least, don't tell them you licked their gem. I think Can we they compromise might. on that? <laughs> uh, Basil, d- very disgusted, sticks out his hand and shakes her spit-covered <laughs> paw. Okay, you have my word. I think I may have prefer it he's like as he shakes the saliva off his head i think i may have preferred cork smell <laughs> that was very disgusting i do not know why you did that um all right let's let's get back on the road then all right so it's gonna uh, take you another before we go should i burn this tree to the ground just to make yes sure? no yes you should oh oh oh, oh. I think we should get out of here as soon as possible. Uh, Whoever held that axe died attacking the tree, and it hasn't hurt us yet, so I I say we let evil trees lie and get the fuck out of here. All right, let's go. It's a good policy. All right. So it takes you maybe about an hour and a half, maybe closer to two hours to travel back up the uh, muddy path to the winery. At which point, nine vampires descend upon us. No, but again, you find Debbie and Mardikov is is uh, toiling out in the fields, to the best of his ability, trying to salvage whatever he can from the crops. He's the first one to see you approach. Uh, hello, Sir Mardikov. We we have something you may be interested in. No, sir, about it. It's not a noble family mind. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, 
bezel just just got to produce the gem it's a fairly large gem again so you know you see that again his uh his sons who you met is at least his one son elver sort of notices he comes running over when he sees that you have found it and Davian just takes it in his hand and looks at you and says you know it's not going to be until uh next season that we can properly harvest anything from this better than not being able to do that and that's to say nothing of how long it will take for anything that we do harvest to ferment properly i'm sorry do you not want this because I know people outside of these mists that want this. So if you don't want it, I'm he's happy to keep walking it. Away. He's already walking away from you. <laughs> he just like he just stuffed it into his pocket and walked away in the middle of your sentence. <laughs> and Elver steps up kind of apologetically. And he's he's just like, you're, I, he, he's, a, he's a stubborn old man. I'm sorry, for whatever it's worth to you, on behalf of not even just the family, on behalf of this, this whole land, we thank you so much. This is, I, I think we really all thought that that was it. That was... That was how the vineyard closes up forever. And for better or for worse, that would have been singularly devastating. Well, if it had not been for Pebble's quick thinking, it would have been devastating for us as well. Well, well, we are indebted to you in particular then, Miss. But really, I this this is I I can only apologize for my father, but this is any this is an enormously fine thing that you've done for so many people. Could I ask for one hopefully small thing in return, maybe, which would be some ingredients to bring along with us so I can do some cooking? Well, I mean, you're more than welcome to join us for, for dinner. I mean, I mean, you've proven yourselves to be some of the closest friends and allies that that our family or our order has had in a very long time. You're more than welcome to avail yourselves to our home and our pantries, yes. Thank you. That time! That, that would indeed be a great comfort. And while we, while we eat, perhaps we could talk a little more about the swamp. Are, are you saying this to Elver Mardikov? Yes. Um, we've spoken about the swamp, haven't we? Yes. Um, it, I see. I, I've been formulating a map here, and if there are any any other details you could give us, simply the easiest way to reach it, an estimation of how long do you think that would take, or for my short of stature friend here, how deep it gets. Well, you know, I'm I'm not really in much of a position to say what do you I'm, I'm i'm sorry guys i'm i'm honestly gonna have to ask you to remind me what have you learned about the swamp so far that we don't want to go there i don't think we know a whole lot like we know yeah. we know that like there's something evil there but that's kind of it do we do they tell us that like someone went there and didn't come back or something along those lines or am i just making that up well, I think that what you learned was that there had been a village there that was destroyed. Right. Yes. Well, if you if you know about the village that was, you know, the the there was a there was a storm that raised the river and it it washed out the whole town and it was destroyed and it's just a swamp now. And it's believed though that there, yeah, there is a something very evil still dwelling there. Um, I know that. For whatever it's worth, you Davian holds it responsible for most of our troubles here at the winery. There's not much that I know personally. I know that the uh, the fellowship that we all belong to has an interest in it, but but that's not information that I'm really made privy to. That's uh, could you actually could you tell us more about this fellowship? It's that's not the first time you've you've mentioned it. Um, so when you ask him outright like that, he gets a little bit anxious and he says, "Um, well." Uh, the fellowship of all in this valley who bear our family curse and share its secret. We conspire 
along with some others in this land to oppose the devil's trod. Well, uh, that's certainly a goal that we share. And if, if you don't feel comfortable sharing your family's secret, I, I won't press you on it. But if the more information you could give us about where we could find more allies would certainly be appreciated. Well, again, what you've done for us here at the vineyard is remarkable. This is a little awkward, but um, I have not, I, I have been been prevented by oaths of loyalty not to share those things with you. I see. If those obligations were to be dropped, however, it would be by my brother Irwin. He's the he's the one back in Vallaki, right? Yes, he uh, he is the innkeeper at the at the Blue Water Inn. Um, now he's this is where things become a little bit awkward right now because within the the fellowship, there's quite a schism between those who look to my father for leadership and to Irwin for leadership. But up until recently, they have been in agreement that the outlanders who so recently arrived in this valley are not to uh, not to be let in on those kinds of things. Davian will not change his mind on that for anything. As you can see, he he could not even, you know, his, his pride is such he could not even condescend to thank you for for saving his 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 own legacy. Erwin would be your better bet. Well, we had reason to travel to Velaki anyway, so perhaps we should pop in. Anyone else? Any any questions, comments, concerns before we take a rest and prepare for the day? I don't think so. I think it's mean that they don't want to tell us anything. They've decided as a group that we don't get to know. Why is that? Do you want to ask? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking. <laughs> Why did you all decide not to tell us anything? We're kind of trying to do what you want to do anyway. Well, it um it is understood by members of our of our fellowship that one amongst you is directly responsible for the murder of one of our own i think every i think at least basil uh just turns to vorkoro basil who did you kill uh i understand where you are coming from and i know that my friend vorkoro here is sincerely apologetic for his hasty and unnecessary actions i I did not kill anybody. I don't remember killing any. Anything. We we oh. have, we have been over this time and again. The bird, the bird you shot. You didn't need to shoot the bird. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, right. Well, you know, apologies. Look, it, I thought it was an evil raven. I, I was trying to kill it, but I apologize for killing your pets. All is forgiven. Okay, at the word pets. He becomes visibly offended. Uh, I mean, I I don't read offense on his face. I'm just like okay. If if I might pry another question, as it seems, my friend here does not quite understand your connection to the ravens. Uh, we we've seen them gather atop your your brother's inn, and we saw a rather large raven aid us in battle at the festival of the blazing sun. Anything you could maybe tell us about the big raven that might enlighten my friend here? Or is that another closely guarded secret? Is it going to come for me? As I said, I am not of my own permitted to share 
any of our fellowship secrets with you. I've informed you of, of one whom you might petition for information. Like I said, it is now accepted that you are owed a certain amount of respect. But I don't know. I am certainly not empowered to suggest that even something so fine as allowing for the winery to once again operate justifies the needless taking of a life. You would be surprised how many things justify the taking of a life. Not that we are happy about it. We apologize greatly. I would have happily burned the bird if I had had time to do so. To be clear, he means that as an honorary funeral rite, not as another threat. Clearly we're talking in circles here. Why don't we call it an evening? We have a lot of walking ahead of us. Enjoy your gem wine. Sorry about killing your friend. Wow. (laughs) Orkoro is trying his best. This is him and his most diplomatic. His best is incredible. His best is an idiot. His best is 10 out of 10. No notes. Edible, how did you get anywhere with him? How, how did you get let into any port, into any inn? You gotta just face it with a, a level of blind stubbornness uh, and kind of dragging along. Well, that's not encouraging, but okay. Uh, yeah, I guess unless something's gonna attack us in our sleep, I think we're ready to take a nap. Yay! Yes, please. I love that. <laughs> Uh, Basil, perhaps you could read to us some more. That would help me fall asleep very I could sing to you. I, I, I accept. Please sing me a lullaby. Here we go. This one was the one my mum used to sing to me. <laughs> she starts singing Sister Mama Down. <laughs> Basil quietly leaves the room. You wanted to. You wanted to. And that is why they always send the poor. The end. <laughs> uh, Borkoro is out like a light. Like a sweet lullaby. Works every time. <laughs> All right, long rest. She said optimistically. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned to never count a long rest until the DM is like, yeah, no, you got the long rest. You get the long rest. The winery is safe. Oh, there we go. Okay. You would love to see <laughs> it. It is so nice having all those lovely little bonus actions and features refreshed. <laughs> so what exactly is the plan? What is the plan? Are we heading, heading for the swamp or are we heading to Ravenloft? I think we are, well, I think we're headed for Velaki, right? Unless someone wants to make a pitch for the swamp, I think we just don't have enough time to comfortably get to uh, Ravenloft, especially because we don't really know where we're going. Yeah. Well, if we can't, if we can't get to Ravenloft, this is an out-of-character discussion, obviously. If we can't get to Ravenloft, would it not be better to get to the swamp and get a weapon that we can defend ourselves better with? Because I'd rather... We think we do have time to get to Ravenloft, but I, just don't, I think we don't have enough time to detour, really. Okay. So we're so we're heading to Ravenloft. Okay. Yeah, I think. And I think it makes sense to stop in Velaki and uh, talk to Erwin and to the, the drunk child drowner who knows a thing or two about arena i don't know how i'm going to react to that but all right uh alex can i make some sort of wisdom roll i'm curious if borkoro would believe that a wooden arrow would act the same way as a stake would on a vampire um i don't know that that's wisdom i would say give me like you want to give me like history or something sure 
16. Even Vorkoro, who seems to be his own best audience when it comes to propaganda, is having a really hard time convincing himself that an arrow is the same thing as a stake. With, with that in mind, is there anything I could roll to try to carve a stake that I could fire from a crossbow? What would you be carving it with? Uh, shoot. Um, I mean, <laughs> I do have an axe. Like, I, I could just take wood and try and sharpen it on the blade. You're just going to whittle it down with the blade of a two-handed axe. I, I am. Here's, here's going to be my final ruling. It is theoretically not impossible for you to, through trial and error, carve such a thing, but not with the blade of a battle axe. It's not really a carvey weapon. I think, uh, speaking of axes, during this long rest, could we try to learn more about this one that we pulled out of the tree? Sure. Um, yeah, all right. So Basil, I think, would also invite Pebble to have a little study session of this magical axe and see what they can learn. So the axe is magical. It seems that that is, it is um, unusually light, half the weight of a typical battle axe. And it looks like its primary function is enchanted to be very, very damaging to evil trees. (laughs) Perhaps we should have tried to fight the evil tree. Okay, you know. uh, All right, so who, who among us is actually capable of wielding martial weapons at all? It's like Basil can do a few things, but not axes. I cannot. I can only wield simple weapons. I, I actually am proficient. Uh, what, I, I'm not saying don't give it to Vorkoro. Um, just but he's more of a arranged person. Already has the magic weapon. I don't think I have the physical strength <laughs> to pick that thing up. To be honest, that's with you. that's probably true. Very light. Yeah. So it's very. That's light. true. It is. It's very. Um. All right. Well, if it's very light. What what are the requirements for a rogue to sneak attack? Like, does, like it has to be a dex weapon, right? Uh, or a finesse, it has to be like a finesse weapon, I think. Martial finesse. That's for a rapier, though. Hang on. With a finesse or ranged weapon. Okay. Um, Alex, is this very light axe a finesse weapon? It is not. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> grudgingly, I think we got to give it to Orkoro. Axe time. Axe time. Um, what, what are the stats so I can put it in or not? I don't need like a full stats, but like, what's, what am I looking for? What's the name? It's literally just the same thing as a battle axe. Okay. Except that it does an extra 1d8 against plants. Oh, I like that. And I assume like, just like counts as a magic weapon for like magic resistance and whatnot. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, that, that could come in handy. Um, hope, I kind of hope we're done fighting evil plants, but something tells me we're not. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to do before we go, Pebble? You've got your uh, your chef treats. Uh, yeah. I guess. How much it, are they willing to give me treat wise, like um, ingredient wise? Let's say in terms of snack size, how many how many individual snacks worth of ingredients? So let's say that it equals out to two days of rations for each of you. Cool. That works. And, and Camille, what's because we get like an extra bonus when we you're cooking, right? Yeah. So if I um, use a long rest to make, I can make three uh, treats and they last for eight hours and you can eat them as a bonus action to get three temp HP. 
And if I use it as a short rest, I can make um, up to seven. And anyone who eats uh, the food and spends one or more hit dice can have an extra 1d8 of hit points. So we each get two of the the bonus action temp HP ones? I'd have to do it during a long rest. Like I have to actively cook it because they go bad basically. So they have to be, Uh, like I can't just make them now and have them ready. I have to do it and then they'll they'll be good for that day. Um, So so we we have some just regular rations and then we have a round of your special ones. Cool. I'll make a note. So I'll say I have like four special ones. Sure. Because he said two two for each of us so maybe we all get one extra day of rations and then i'll keep the ones and if we need to use them as regular rations we can sounds good all right i guess we're getting on the road all right so we're heading for Velaki. yeah can you make it from the winery back to the uh the river crossing without incident taking the road back you'll remember you never actually covered this stretch of road because you bushwhacked away to argonvillist but it's pretty much what you expect um, again, you know that there are some side paths. Are we doing anything with those or are we just making for Velaki? I think the fastest route, right? Yeah, I, I don't think we have time to explore the side paths right now. All right. Uh, I would totally, anytime, like, we're like if we're just walking along the road and passing plants, I'll probably from time to time take off the badlax and, like, chop off the branch of a nearby plant and be like, oh, yeah, it really does do extra damage. <laughs> Okay, the first time you do that, you take one piercing damage as thorns leap out from the handle of the axe. Holy crap! What the hell was that? Okay. <laughs> so, is this one of those, like, I do damage and receive damage weapons, essentially? I don't know. Basil, you had no reason to think that was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I mean, Basil thinks it's funny, but has absolutely no idea. Yeah, that was weird. You think that would have come up? But it didn't. Uh, well, perhaps you need to attune to the to the X. Uh, can I roll like a? Is there anything I can roll to try to figure out what the fuck just happened and what I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? Here, I'll do it. <laughs> Maybe you weren't pure of heart enough. <laughs> so is this a conclusion that I come to? I feel like knowing Gorgoro, he would brush that off as an unrealistic possibility, but... Probably. I'm really shocked that this axe just cut me. Perhaps you should only swing it at evil plants. Uh, I I actually would take that note. I'm going to put the axe back in whatever I'm wearing and not touch it anytime soon. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, I'm glad I did that now, though. Eventually, you come again to the bridge that you know takes you towards the outer wall of Velaki. And soon, the high wooden walls and western gate of the town loom into view through the ever-present mists. A familiar cloaked figure standing before them. He has a long bedraggled beard and a bow arrow knocked, but pointed downwards. At us? No. No. Oh, oh at the ground. Like, That's the ground. Okay. Yes. Are we going into Velaki or are we just passing? I think, we, I think we're stopping in at the very least. Yeah, because we want to talk to Martikov. Isn't this going to get us in trouble? Don't we have, like, the last time we were here, weren't there issues that will most likely come up if we were to re-enter? It's been a few days. It's, they're probably fine. They've they've gotten over it, right? <laughs> it's no safer outside than in, so I guess here we go. So you'll remember this is the wolf hunter Soldorovich. Uh, hello, friend. We 
It's been some time since we've seen each other. I hope all is well. So this, you'll, you might remember, this was actually the first person you met coming to Valaki the first time from the other direction. It was the wolf hunter who first suggested that you might be circus performers. Correct. Yes. Which he, he announces now. He actually seems pretty happy to see you. And he comes over to you. Oh, if it isn't our lost circus performers. I'm glad to see you have not yet fallen victim to this cursed land. Although it seems you've traded in your same mountain man for a cob of the woods. It is all right. The mountain man turned out to be evil. Uh, and this little one is far more enjoyable. She is uh, quite crazy. It's a bit of a long story, but I, I'd say, yeah, all, all things swinging in the right direction. Well, I'm glad that things are going so well for you. Are they not going well for you or for Velaki? It is dark times since the vampires attacked the festival. Very few have even left their homes in the past few days. And with Isaac Strazny gone, the Baron struggles to assert his authority, even over the guards. Now, I have roused enough of them to man the outer wall and keep the wolves at bay, but they do not see me as a leader. Oh, Isaac Strazny's gone. He's not <laughs> here? Well, so far as I, you see, the day following the attack, no town guard was to be seen. Now, Erwin Martikov and I found them in their barracks, fearful of vampires. They say that they take orders from Captain Strasny only, and he had disappeared. I heard this morning rumors that he had returned, but I'll not believe them till I hold him in my eyes. Well, we are all hoping for his safety and presence. Well. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Do you want me to say something? <laughs> I I think we all know if I say something, it's not going to go the way you want it to. So I think Rokoro is keeping his uh, little lizard lips shut right now. <laughs> Anyways, might we uh, come in? We have some business with Erwin. I suppose you can, but as I say, it's dark times here in Balaki. I I worry for the unrest. I mean, it's dark everywhere. I haven't seen the sun in like two weeks. We We don't intend to stay long. We simply need to... Check in with a few people, and we'll be on our way. Well, I would do so quickly, because if Isaac has returned, and once the Baron knows, uh, things might change very quickly indeed, hopefully for the better. Uh-huh, definitely. That's totally what's going to happen. We'll see you later. Soldarovich gives a rhythmic knocking on the outer gate, clearly some sort of a, uh, you know, a code. Mm-hmm. Shaving and then from inside, two of the familiar spear-wielding guards in yellow tabards open it up and allow you to come in. Uh, I, we're just making a beeline right for the inn, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got eyes in the back of my head if possible. Let's go. Yeah, everyone's definitely guard is up. We <laughs> I do not want to run into Strasny again. Except our little hobbit friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling. She's just like looking around. She's like, oh, this is kind of nice. Also, I think as an actor, I get like a perk where I can like stay at taverns and inns for free as long as I perform. There you go. That also raises our uh, traveling circus cred. It sure does. The gloomy town is eerily empty, looking abandoned save for the wilted festival garlands that remain strung up above the streets and eaves. Making your way to the inn, you pass on the high road, the Church of St. Andrew. Father Petrovich, his bristly sandy hair poking out from under his wool cloak, slowly walks through the churchyard, muttering prayer and adding to the mists with the perfumed smoke of a censer. Does he see us? Yeah, his back is to you at the moment. It looks like if you wanted to speak to him, though, it wouldn't be hard to grab his attention. You really want to? Uh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, yeah, we should we should check. We left him in a bit of dire straits. We should check in with him. Left him sans grave digger. That wasn't our fault. <laughs> oh, you're you're back. Uh, temporarily. Oh, well, We've heard things have not been so pleasant here since we left. Well, this has always been a town of divided loyalties. Those who stand against the Baron are no less fanatical in their hatred than his most devoted citizens in admiration. But now that he's faltered, it's unclear which faction will win out and how. And then, of course, the rumored conspiracy of witches has not diminished. There has been no actual violence since we left, though. Everyone is uneasy but safe. Well, that's as has been the case for now. But, you know, however quiet the the town has been... Who knows what's going on behind closed doors that might boil over at any moment. Early on, there was talk of a peasant revolt of sorts. But again, it's a town of divided loyalties. Well, uh, I guess keep us informed. If you if you hear anything, we'll we'll do the same. I mean, you you might not know, but there's some debate going on as to where exactly Captain Strasny is. Uh, yeah, we heard a little something about that. Suppose that that could be confirmed one way or the other. If he was here or gone, then that would be something. It would certainly mean a great deal to the Baron, who, well, as I say, his situation has been greatly weakened. We have not seen him in quite some time, so if uh, if we do come across him, we will be sure to let you know. All right. Uh, anyone else got anything? No. I feel like Basil's taking the lead here, and he... Uh, maybe isn't the most liked in this town. Any of us liked? Yeah, I don't really have anything. <laughs> this, I'm sorry, this has total, like, walk of shame vibes. <laughs> just... Everybody's head is down. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know, last time you guys were here, you maybe potentially incited a vampire attack that got some people killed. Not but... Anya, she's got a clear <laughs> conscience right now. Clear eyes, clear hearts, <laughs> cannot lose. She is just playing with her little lemon pepper steppers. Her little shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's let's get, let's get to this in. As you come to the turnoff to the road that leads to the Blue Water Inn, you turn that corner and you see a spear-wielding guardsman on some kind of control as you round the corner, he stands there with the spear out towards you, but he is clearly terrified of you. I, I would look behind me as if there was something behind us, because I don't know who this guy is or why he appears to be terrified of the four of us. You, you're, do you bring news? I bring song and stories. <laughs> Does a little cartwheel. Is there any news in particular you were hoping for? No, no, no. Let the little one handle this. Perhaps you will forget about the news if she does a dance. <laughs> I have my little... I'm switching my little shoes out for my little jingly shoes. I, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out when I can go home. How, how long have you been here? No, I mean, I I would not even be out right now, except has, has Strozny left again? Is he back? We heard he hadn't been seen. No, he he was back. He was back this morning. But like I said, we we serve at Captain Strozny's pleasure, such as our only real instruction. But he disappeared amidst the attack on the festival, and none are so loyal to this town to contend with vampires or cobwebs without orders to do so. Uh, one person said that he left again, and as soon as I know that he's gone, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm going home. So he came back this morning. 
Yeah, this this morning was the first anyone saw of, of him since the attack. He he came back, but did he seem all right? Maybe any wounds or anything? Oh no, he was quite different. Right. Did he need any help? Perhaps he needed a hand. No, he was just he was just changed. He kept muttering some cryptic blather about grander designs and eternal something. I I don't know. Um, he was just different somehow, like like he was always under some strange shadow, some some darkness about him. We have not seen him nor heard of his whereabouts, so I unfortunately we have no news for you. Yeah, he could he could have gone anywhere. Hopefully, find his hand someplace too. All right, Basil uh, stomps on Porcoro's foot. Ow. Anyways, might we uh, enter the inn? We ha- we do have some news for Erwin. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Basil just, you know, nods politely and slips inside. I would take a second to pull the guard aside and be like, you can probably go home, you know? And and I, I think I'm even going to roll a little persuasion because this guy clearly needs a rest. So, uh, oh, and, and that's just a four. That's a four. So, nope, never mind. So up ahead, you do see the Blue Water Inn rising up out of the mists with myriad ravens roosting on its slightly bowing roofline. Outside, the lean figure of Danica Martikov, Erwin's wife, stands between two trestle tables, one bearing the weight of an enormous dead wolf. Working a long-bladed knife, she begins to peel back the wolf's skin, revealing slick reddish flesh beneath. Hey there. As you approach, Danica instinctively grabs a large crossbow from behind the table, but instantly recognizes you and drops it. I apologize, she says sternly. These are times for caution. I like your wolf. Did you... Take it off yourself? No, Soldarovich was uh, kind enough to sell us this. Did you uh, receive the shipment of wine recently? We did. And for that, my husband and I are very, very grateful. Uh, we're happy we could hold up our end of the bargain. And we have further good news for you as well. We killed a tree. We did. We did, we did kill a tree. And more importantly, we, uh, we recovered one of your family's gems. It's back at the winery now. Given the look on her face, she clearly had not been informed that they were missing. <laughs> okay. I'm going to now, Vorkoro would now stomp on Basil's foot. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. Wait, you you found it? Basil looks to Vorkoro, uh, like, can I, am I allowed to talk or you want to take this one? Um, we may or may not have found lots of things, including this amazing axe. Which we would be happy to give to you. No, if you found the gem, I mean that's the that's the the, the whole reason for the feud between my husband and, and my father-in-law. Um we were not informed of this. Yes, we were. We did know this. We, well maybe maybe you should be better at this then. Uh, okay, yes, uh we we, yes, we found I, I, I guess we were led to believe that there were multiple gems, uh, and we found one of them. Taken by the mountain folk. Is that, there were three, but one of them has been missing for, for nearly a decade now. Uh, well, we found it. I think more than one has been missing for some time now. You don't know. They know better than you. Yeah, they do. And they told us. there's. They lost all of them. We got one of them back. That's interesting. I suppose, suppose the old crow didn't think that was something that Erwin would want to know or deserve to know. You'll have to, in my husband's family... Information is uh, is the only real currency they recognize. On that note, 
we would love to be given more information about your family's involvement uh, with certain efforts to, uh, you know, get, get rid of slash not like a certain guy uh, that we all don't like. Who rhymes with cried. Yeah. And we know and are very sorry that the reason why we have been kind of uh, taken out of the loop on this information, uh, we have in many ways in the very beginning uh, done a lot to not deserve it. But I would like to formally offer our apologies for that. Um, and I'll, I'll do that on behalf of my companion here, Vercoro, especially. Right, well, Vercoro? Well, why would, Don't talk. Just well, say yes. Well, Don't talk. Just say yes. Yes. And I think that our efforts could be best done together if we know what you know so that we can we can get this thing done as, as soon as we can. Because we, at the end of the day, have the same goal here. Well, that's as may be, but um, personal personal grievances aside, as I said, those of us who associate with my husband's family put a, put a great deal of stock in the privilege of information. You're welcome to head inside and ask Irwin. He might be in a position to share with you what you hope to know, but he's the one you'll have to talk to. Okay. At his discretion. Do you have any advice as his wife about ways to butter him up? Well, hopefully it should not come to that. I can I can tell you this. I understand that you seem to think that you're in a position to look towards the castle as as a great evil that needs to be addressed. And and in the grand scheme of things, I do not disagree with you. But for us here in this town, and for my husband in particular, right now our troubles are much, much closer to home. Perhaps you've noticed. This is Isaac Strozny problems? What? No. This is, I mean, I suppose that's part of it. He's gone, so we're not able to count on the guards as we normally were. Mm -hmm. Also, without him, the Burgomaster has been completely compromised, and he's, you just know he's about to lash out somehow, and, and mm -hmm. people are freaking out, and we still have other rumors about. It's it's dark times here in Velaki, but I don't imagine they're going to last. This town is a powder keg. Hmm. Oh, I should probably get out of here then. And so right now, for those who don't trust the Baron, my my husband and, and the priest and Soldarovich are trying to hold down the peace, but others refuse to acknowledge them. And, and the Baron has never been one to invite help, if you take my meaning. Things are quite dangerous right now. And... Even those who would make good leaders are not empowered to actually lead. All those who are, we struggle to trust. Well, we've we've learned that it's best for us not to always insert ourselves into every situation. But if help, if our help could be of any use, we would be happy to assist the people here. We do have a bit of pressing business of our own, but we will certainly hear anything you and your husband have to say. Well, you're welcome to go inside and talk to him about it. But like I said, if you would want to engage him to help you in yours, you might want to speak to him, but you also might want to acknowledge that that might mean putting yourself at the disposal of Baron Velikovich. He is still, better for worse, a hub for information. He knows, he perhaps knows a lot more than he shared about what's going on. 
what his next move is, I don't know. But if you really would want to try your hand at helping Velaki with its problems, you should not be so quick to ignore him altogether. Noted. Uh, very uncomfortable. I think Basil now slips inside. Okay. Let's go. The tap room is completely empty, except, of course, for Erwin Martikov, who is showing the wear of a few sleepless nights. Um, at the sight of you, a glimmer of color returns to his usually robust face, and he thanks you profusely for your help with the winery. No problem. Yes, we're very glad to be of use. Um, what what brings you back here? Um, as we just uh, told your wife, and uh, we're now led to believe you may not have had all of the information leading up to this, but um, your family's gems have all disappeared, save for the one that the four of us just recovered. The other two were stolen, that's what you were saying. Yes. The vineyard has no has none of the gems. Uh, it has got it has one now. We uh fought our way through some mountain men and uh, vegetation monsters and recovered one from the Hill of Graves. That's certainly something. I I I'm sure that if you've spoken to my brothers, well, yes. That was that was a very fine thing for you to do, and we thank you very much. As I said, happy to help. Well, this is a very awkward conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I guess the reason we're here is A, to deliver that news, and B, we've heard mention of a fellowship that you and your family belong to, and we were told that if we would like to learn more, you would be the one who could lift the the embargo on those secrets. And who told you that I would do that? Uh, not that you would, but that if anyone could, it would be you. We have hopefully proven ourselves a friend of your brotherhood here, and at the very least of your family, despite some early mistakes. And if we could know how to identify poten- other potential comrades, that would be useful to us. Well, I regret to inform you that I think you were a bit misled. If you were told that I that you could get that information from me, I think it was not so much because I am empowered to divulge it, but because it was assumed by whoever told you this that I would have no qualms about deliberately defying my father's orders. And that I am not at this moment prepared to do, especially with uh, both the vineyard and Velaki's positions being so tenuous. Well, again, that very, very few are really invited to know anything about the order and in fact, it is uh, that kind of information is limited only to those who share in our family curse. Suffice it to say, it comes down to our rather from it arises our deeply held philosophical belief that the animal is the true nature of every man. We are not meant to wear crowns and drink from goblets. Totally understand. I agree. If you would call upon us for help, well, Again, you've already done a great deal, but again, there there are rules, there are systems, there are, quite simply, there are politics. Right now, my biggest priority is the well-being of Balaki and seeing the current period of unrest come to something a little more stable. And in that, particularly with the guard largely disbanded, um, I could use help. Well, best of luck with that. Uh, for Koro, uh, yes, of course, we would be happy to help. Uh... I, I do have to note that we are on a bit of a time crunch ourselves. Um, our most recent excursion up to Kresk ran us afoul of 
the devil himself, who has demanded our attendance at his castle. Well, if that is true, then I think that you should not refuse. That was our instinct as well. So we do only have a matter of days before we must be there, so... Well, days might be enough, but I'm I'm certainly not going to demand anything from you. You have already done right by my family, and the ill you've done us, I can accept as being accidental. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all on the same page about that. I mean, you could probably stop referencing it. Well, perhaps you and I are on the same page, but again, it is an order. It is not an individual. Of, of course, and we don't mean to overstep here. Uh, what would you have us do while we may have the opportunity? Suffice it to say, those of us who keep watch by night have seen no less activity amongst these so-called witches in recent days. If anything, they have grown in numbers. We know some of them by the homes they return to, but they are cunning. And even my spies, for and for a moment, as he says that word spies, he instinctively looks upward. By their usual routes through the town, I think we know at least where they gather. And you would have us infiltrate this gathering? Well, I don't exactly know. That's That's the issue. And it's why one of the things that has made this current time very difficult is that in I, ironically, for me of all people to be saying such things, I, I worry this is something that we might need the Baron's help with. He is not going to want to, uh, after what happened at the festival, you get it. Well, we, uh, y- your wife mentioned that we may have to speak to him to resolve the issues here. You may wish to, um, but that's the short of it, is that we believe we know where these witches are gathering, but it's... Uh, there's not much that we right now are prepared to do with that information. And where are they gathering? Vokter House. Oh. As in the Lady Fiona Vokter? The Vokter family's reputation carries a lot of weight here. Theirs is an ancient title. By the stories, it would not surprise me to think Lady Vokter was involved with something nefarious, but that is only all the more reason to be cautious. She'll not suffer fools, and if anyone walks these streets without fear of Isaac, the Baron, or gods above, it's Lady Vokter. Lady Vokter once invited us to her home, and we uh, were unable to attend. I don't believe she has a fondness for us either. No, but it does give one pause. If uh, if that inf- invitation were still in force, or if it could be regained, that might be something. Something how? Why... Would you want us to go in there? Because that's where the witches are gathering. <laughs> so, Okoro, look, as, as complicated as we found the politics and the adventures in this place to be, this one seems pretty straightforward. They want us to kill the witches. I didn't say that. I, 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 was, I, I thought it was a metaphor. Like, I mean, real witches? Or is it just like witches, you know? There are different levels. I I guess I, I have more subtlety than other people. I don't know. Cool. So uh, let us get this invitation so we can... Uh, oh, better yet. Why don't we just burn Vokter House to the ground? If the witches are in there, you burn them. I think we need to confirm that this is where they are. It is it is a belief, not a fact, that this is where they're meeting. Even if it is, there are other reasons why I would dissuade you from that course of action. I wouldn't want the household staff to be implicated in this, they might be innocent. 
And uh, and then there's of course the Vokter daughter. What about her? She uh like she hadn't been seen in a while, right? Like she was like bedridden or something like that. That was one of the stories given out. Honestly, I don't think anybody's seen her in quite a while now, but I can tell you that she's not in there. Well, uh, I believe we were told that the invitation not we were told not to show up unannounced and that the invitation could be re-extended. So perhaps if we make our presence known, even by meeting with the Baron, that might pique the lady's interest once again. Frankly, I think that would be the real reason to see him is that getting an audience with the Baron, particularly at this point, is sure to get the town talking again. If Lady Vokter has ambitions to use her own authority to eclipse the Baron and to drive him from his title as Burgermaster, she's going to be looking for additional allies. The Baron is going to need to be involved to the extent that it is understood that she sees a further chink in his armor. All right. Sounds like a plan. Um, let's, uh, let's go talk to this guy again. Well, before that point, uh, just so we are, we're clear on the timeline that we have here, Erwin, how long would it take us to get to Ravenloft from here? Well, um, it's hard to say. It's not a journey that many people make. I would say from here to the crossroads, it's maybe about maybe eight miles. And we have how many days left? Two, three? Two. Three. Okay. So we can we can go eight miles in a day. And the crossroads presumably will lead us to a path to Ravenloft. Um so we I, I guess I think we do have a day to burn here. If people wanted to go and talk to this bear and play we still need to talk to that guy who knows something about Arena. Oh yeah, the crazy brother. Yeah. We could split up. No. That feels like a bad idea. We're talking to people, and do you really want... I'm sorry, the last time that I was near the Baron, I broke into his house. Like, I don't... I mean, I guess he didn't catch me, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, you weren't seen. You were, like, invisible or something. You did great. Also, we've, like, been attacked by vampires twice in this town. Like, I I don't think just because we're intending to go talk to people doesn't mean that there won't be other incidents. Right. And witches and wolves and one arm Strozny. Yeah, I, yeah. All right, all right. Cool. Let's formulate a plan. Where are we going first? Talking to the uh, the crazy guy feels like the simpler of the two. So I guess that would be my vote. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah, let's sure. let's start there and go from there. That seriously sounds like a plan. All right, um, Alex. What was this guy's name? Because we we can't just keep calling him the crazy guy. Oh, we totally can. <laughs> Ludo Krogorov. Krogorov. Mm-hmm. Erwin, what, what, another of our endeavors in this town would be to speak with uh, Mr. Krogorov. Is he still locked up? I believe he's in the town square. No one's thought to go do anything for him. Well, perhaps we should be the first. He has some answers we've been looking for. Or at least so we believe. All right, then. Uh, yeah, still awkward, still uncomfortable. Basil's going to go. <laughs> yeah. I will follow, because you're going to need someone with a little more charisma to talk to people. You're not wrong about that. All right. So you know where the uh, town square is. It's where you fought vampires. Once or twice. Now it is empty, except for one of the pillories, which houses a huge individual. Hey. So as you approach him, you see, yes, it is Krogorov, who was locked in the pillory. 
In addition, he has his head encased in a heavy armature of jagged metal, and his ankles are shackled in a way to prevent him from being able to stand on both feet at once. Oh. He's a naughty boy, Jill. I mean, he did try to drown a child. Yeah. 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 But still, that's rough. Yeah. You know what? This is fine. I think ultimately I'm fine with this. All right. Uh, charisma people, who wants to take the lead here? Ooh, that couldn't be me. <laughs> I'm just staring All at right. everyone like, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to hit this guy up. Don't much like this fella. But we're, we're trying to, he, he maybe has news of Irina, right? He, yeah, we, we think he knew Irina when she was like very young before she was dropped off in the village of Barovia. All right. So I'm going to go up. Hello, Indale. Uh, can you hear me? I, can you hear me? I'm just. So without even trying to raise his head against the weight, he just kind of groans in assent. If, if you could hear me, could you shift from one foot to the other? He does. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. So I've, I've got some good news for you. And then I'm going to lay out how it appears we could get him out of his current situation if he were to give us some information. Obviously, this is a lie. Why are we starting with a lie? I, I just feel like it's the, what else should I say? Like The truth. <laughs> hey, there's nothing we can do for you, but... I mean, hey, go for yeah, it. it works out. I'm as good as lying as I am at any other form of charisma, so... Either way, try trying to get the information on Irina, uh, and I straight up I rolled I straight up rolled a unnatural twenty. So he said he still doesn't look up, but he says, "I don't even care anymore. I'll tell you whatever you want." Oh, that's great! I'm listening. Maybe ask him a specific question. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, we want to know about Irina's. Tell us everything you know about Irina. I don't know an Irina. About Tatiana. Ah. I meant Tatiana. Do you know Tatiana? I don't know any Tatiana. There was a girl who grew up here, perhaps might even have been friends with Strozny, who one day disappeared and was and ended up living the rest of her life in the village of Barovia. She was traveling with us when we met up with you the first time. At this point, for the first time, he attempts to actually lift his head to the point where he can look at you. And he says, what about Strozny? Strozny was when he was young was friends with a with a girl. They weren't friends. O- okay. What were they? Old Strozny, Isaac's father, didn't want me anywhere near his children. <gasps> as long as I was drinking, I was just his wife's no good brother. I managed to stay away from the inn and the wine long enough to earn his trust. That day, he and the little ones agreed to join me for the fishing on the lake. We were barely out of sight of the gate when we were attacked by a monstrous wolf. Tore little Isaac's arm clear off. Old Strozny ran back to town with the boy while I tried to save his sister. It was too late. The wolf had dragged her into the woods, never found. After losing their daughter, Strozny and my sister, their hearts gave out. I, I wanted to be there for the boy, but I could barely take care of myself. I started drinking again, just trying to keep that girl's face out of my mind. Isaac as an orphan was less than dirt. There was no one in town to show him any kindness. He became deeply ashamed of the missing arm. But when he woke up one morning, not broken, but monstrous, it was the shrewdest thing the Baron ever did, get to him, befriend him, before he realized what he could really do. Wait, he just woke up with a monster arm one day? I don't know. I don't think he even knows who I am anymore. 
hang on, what do you mean what he can really do? What can he really do? You said the Baron got to him before he realized what he could really do. What did, what did you mean by that? Borkoro, give me an idiot check. <laughs> What's an idiot check? Okay, I did it for you. He can summon fire. <laughs> Is that something we knew? Yes, yes. we've, we've yeah. seen him throw fireballs from the monster hand. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be a little cooler than that. Well, he can't do it anymore, so... I'm sorry, what did he say the relationship between the girl and Srozny was? They're siblings. So he's been making obsessive voodoo dolls of his sister? They're, they're not voodoo dolls. He was trying to remember her. So he created a likeness of her that he could relate to. And then found her and then trapped her under his bed. Reasonable. I'm I'm not making any statements. I'm just trying to get the the full picture here. So you said a a giant wolf took her. Um, That piques my curiosity. We've been warned of a a den of wolves that we might need to encounter. Yeah, he's spectacularly uninterested in your problems. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've gotten all we're actually going to get. And quite frankly, I think we've gotten all we need to know. Um, you you never chased after that wolf or found any a strange den? Looked, never found. I see. He's no tracker. He's a fisherman. Understood. Should we go back to the lake and see if we can do some tracking of our own? I mean, this, this was a decade ago, right? But if the den is still there. It's 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 definitely worth checking around there. Um I don't think we're gonna find anything as easy as a path, but yeah, no, that's a good thought. We should definitely head back there at some point. I think we should probably first go deal with the Baron. We might not have anything more to get from this guy. Yeah. Sounds good. So yeah, it looks like this guy um who's who's really Clearly not well and not all that cognizant. It doesn't look like you're going to get much more information out of him. But you have learned about um, a little more of the history of Irina and Isaac. Maybe gotten a lead on that den of wolves near a lake. And so um, how about we call that? How about we call that session 14? Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Man, we, we keep putting ourselves in situations where I feel like when we come back, we're all just going to immediately die mm. and then <laughs> worming our way out. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for putting up with me with my voice like this. Hey, thanks for battling oh, through yeah, it. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, You're thanks for, for being wow. a trooper. Uh, yeah, that is episode 14. We uh, survived. We did it. And <laughs> we, got, uh, we got some leads on more dangerous situations to keep us and hopefully all of you on the edge of our seats. If you enjoyed this show, please you know, leave us a, a like and a rating on wherever you are listening to this and follow us on various social medias. That we won't get sued for having. Twitter, Instagram, that we hopefully will not be sued for having. Uh, what happens if we do get sued? Who's getting sued? Strahd, that's the real life version of Strahd is, is Joe Majellelli. Mich- Mich- <laughs> He's our boss now. We owe our lives to him. And every podcast episode, he gets closer to finding us. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.